You want to hear something entertaining? Yeah, what do you got? Me just getting home with my food not even 10 minutes ago. I'm walking up the stairs. I'm I'm drinking. I, I'm like, I'm holding a bag with my fries, my food, and my shake. And what do I do? I take the drink of the shake instead of securing the food. <laughs> and as I'm getting to Mistake the... Mistake number one. I get to the last step and... I lose my step and I drop all the food and hold the shake. <laughs> and then my wife just stares at me. I'm like, I, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, at least I have my shake. <laughs> well, it's carpeted stairs too, right? Yeah. So you don't want to drop a shake on carpeted stairs. Exactly. I'm just saying. Plus the shake was mine. The fries were hers. <laughs> there was clearly logic <laughs> and what is it? Self-preservation. <laughs> nice. Welcome to the Couch Trolls Podcast with your hosts, Dave and Das Bruce. How you doing, man? Not too bad. How about yourself? Pretty good. What you been up to? Well, I've been, you know, having the plague via mono. Every episode we've talked about someone getting sick. Yeah, like, it's worth I don't... Michigan is just the worst right now. Next episode, no one's going to be sick. And, I don't. I just, I'm calling I don't it now. <laughs> I'm calling it now. I will. I hope you're right. Honestly, I hope you're right. But besides that, I've been playing a lot of games. You know the usual. Is it watching Black Panther blow up the box office. Oh man, did you go see that yet? Awesome. Really? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. It's probably that came out. I think the day I left on vacation. Yeah, it's probably the the, the best or second best like Marvel movie overall. Really? Yeah. And I'm a big fan of villains in movies, and that one finally has a good villain. It's like Andy Circus, right? No, he's he's as Claw, right? Claw's in it, but he's okay. he's far from the real villain in the movie. He's more of like the henchman villain. Like okay, he, he's got like that really stereotype. He's like villain. the odd jobs type dude. Yeah, he's like, oh, I gotta steal this, and then I gotta sell this. Meanwhile, the other guy has like this really deep like story about how he wants to become like the king, and it's it's real. I don't want to give anything away, but man, it is super good. All right, and it, it, it it's a lot of it's really reminiscent of Iron Man. Okay. It shares a lot of how grounded it is. Cool. And how like Iron Man, I still don't think Iron Man's a superhero movie. I've always called that a drama. I love that movie. But it's not First a superhero. One is great. He doesn't save anyone in that movie. It's totally a drama. He saves himself. You know, that that no better way to be Tony Stark than just to make it about himself. <laughs> right. And then this one, I would consider Black Panther more of an African drama movie. I mean, it's very much a movie about tribalism and nationalism. And I mean, it hits a lot of notes and through the whole movie, he's not really saving anybody. Anytime there's violence, he's uh, he's finding it. He's looking for a claw, or he's doing this, or he's doing that. He's never really, oh, people are in danger. I want to go save them. That doesn't really happen. But I don't know. So what game ha- have you been playing? I was gone out of the country, so I had like no internet access. So what I kind basically- of gamer are you, dude? Yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna have all the free time in the world for ten straight days, and I don't bring a single handheld console. I don't own any hand. You know what the mo- okay? You know what the most portable console I have is is a Virtual Boy. Okay, do you really think that me hooking up a Virtual Boy would be a good move on a boat? <laughs> no, it, <laughs> just it's sliding across the table. <laughs> Between that, the red, the redness of the Honestly, graphic virtu- display. Virtual Boy didn't have a real purpose ever. If I didn't have seasickness before. The virtual boy would only contribute to that, man. Come on. The boat will be sinking. Don't don't worry. I'm in my virtual tennis right I, now. I do like the fact that it, uh, that thing has an auto pause function. No. Plus, um, I think my left 
left side is going out. I got to replace some wires on oh, that virtually. It's a crappy system. But good system. Well, you're out on your love boat. I, I went ahead and not only did I put a review up for Assassin's Creed on our Facebook page, but I also went ahead and I played a lot of games. I have to make up for the lack of you playing games. I'm I'm sitting here sick. I'm just playing tons of games. So wait, you post a review on the thing too. I'm still catching up on all the. <laughs> no, like yeah. literally, I've had to backtrack. Like surprisingly, ten days of internet, a lot of crap happens. <laughs> Very true. But yeah, we we've received some requests that actually put. What do you think of this specific game? And I was like, you know, it's really not that big of a deal for me to spend ten minutes and put a review up. I mean, I can be real passionate about certain games and. A game that I actually spend enough time to actually beat nowadays, I'm going to have at least enough insight into the game to tell people whether they should play it or pass on it. Especially in games like Assassin's Creed Origin, you see that game, like it kind of didn't make as big of an impact as I, as I expected it to make. What did you expect it to do? Well, in the season, I mean, it, it skipped a year, and it's a huge franchise, and everyone was begging for Egypt. So it finally came out, and it kind of didn't, it just didn't make a big ripple because Mario Odyssey came out and what Wolfenstein Colossal Colossus came out and some of those games just were all over the internet. But for somehow Assassin's Creed kind of just, I'm sure it sold well, but did it really like get people like talking about it? No. I mean, do you really need talk if people are still enjoying a game? I feel like nowadays that's the difference between like a success and like a real big success is whether people can talk about it three months later, which I guess now Assassin's Creed's dropping their content and they just dropped their discovery mode where they took all the combat elements out of the game and you can just walk around the world and click on these nodes that will explain different parts of Egypt. It's it's super cool. It's, uh, it's developer commentary. Like Valve has been doing that for years. Except they have like real historians. So all their information is legit and, it, and it's really great and it, it can be used as a teaching tool if they want it to be. Okay. But it, it seems like. So a, you think it has cross appeal into like, was it uh, was it edutainment, right? Educational <laughs> entertainment. Remember that? Do you remember when the PlayStation had a uh, that huge box of like games for children? Oh yeah, and then they all sucked. And it was all themselves. just awful games. Well, this one you can buy. You can buy Assassin's Creed the educational uh, the discovery mode. You yeah. can buy that without actually owning the game. Oh, really? So if I was a teacher in a class and I wanted to show people like Egypt and wanted to kind of connect to young kids that liked video games, I could buy that, bring it to class and just show them because it doesn't have to be online. Well, I, I think that uh, video games have been way underutilized as a teaching tool. I remember uh, when I was younger, we actually had a small computer lab for like people whose brains were wired differently and everything to see what they were kind of doing. Special needs. Probably. Um, that's my guess. <laughs> But no, they gave us like uh, computer games where we would go and we would calculate out like mathematical issues, but in the type of a game because it give you a visual learning environment. I remember this. Oh, man. I remember this like hot air balloon where it's like you'd had to take off to your elevation and then you had to land. It was basically a, like a mini pilot wings. Well, type thing. Even like the typing games like that would help teach you how to oh, type. Yeah. You know, that was that was a really big one for us. Typing tutor. And then, you know, Oregon Trail, it taught you how to die. Yeah. How many different ways you could die dysentery <laughs> always dysentery always dysentery but here's here's the thing though with the whole uh subject of you know thing games being used for other things than just entertainment or in the sense of creativity as it is an endeavor <laughs> i figure we'll use this to launch into something that i know you're super passionate and love so much i'm definitely passionate i don't know if i would say love but 
the the company that just has stolen your heart and turned it to gold over the last several years, Nintendo. <laughs> Labo. Let's talk about Labo. Yeah. So I still can't believe it. Nintendo has people hyped for their Nintendo Direct, which by Nintendo Direct as a whole, really great idea. Hey, let's have these random 10-minute clips every quarter. I think it's about every quarter. They'll release one or two Nintendo Directs. Hey, this is what's coming out. This is new. This is what we're adding to our games. It's a really great way to, to slowly feed your, your community on games that you're about to release. But everyone's super expected Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers for Switch. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. And then, boom, Labo. And everyone is just shocked and confused. I don't know. I think I think it makes sense. If, if you know the company's history, I mean, they were a card game company a while ago. When was that? 1889. How do you... You just have stats all the time, don't you? I read books. Yeah, fair enough. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, but they used to be a card game company. So the fact that it's like, you know, cards, it's something you print out and just send out. It makes sense. Like... They're kind of touching on what they used to do and merging that with what they're doing now. I mean, I guess for, for our audience to better understand, if you haven't seen Labo, what Labo really is is they've come out with a new way of basically providing cardboard cutouts that you can build your own creations with. They have specific creations kind of like how Lego work. You have a piano, a robot, a backpack, they, a fishing rod. And what they do is they provide you a variety pack of pieces where you can build your own ideas and play games using your like Switch. kind of like origami almost, where it's like, hey, bit. here's a sheet, fold it to these specifications, it creates this thing. So each thing is individual. It's not like they're interchangeable like Legos, I, which I think, would be kind of cool. I think cool. the pieces are interchangeable. Do you think so? Because the variety pack comes with a certain number of pieces, but it's not these pieces go to this, these pieces go to this. You have to use those pieces oh. and switch them around. Okay. When I saw the Labo for the first time, it is Lego. It, it is cardboard Legos. Really? Yep. And how they're going to have to sell that, I I think it's an awful idea. I, I get that Nintendo being a toy company since, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think, 1966. Okay. And then, you know, they didn't become a game company until the 70s. Yep. So I can see where a lot of those principal like, ideas of them being a toy company still come to light where... They're trying to bring something new to their switch or new to their company that other companies are not even trying to do. Other companies don't care about making toys. See, they, they've always been up for like changing it and shaking things and seeing what they can do in different ways. Uh, the thing I was really super freaked out about was when they did do the switch because the switch feels like switch feels like a handheld to me. And like, like I said, I'm not a big handheld guy. The only handheld I really have it. Well, I mean, I got to game boy advance but that's just because i do the link cable for, yeah, for gamecube the gamecube yep. stuff because i mean four swords adventures are great of course but when you have such a variety in your stuff and you make a handheld or when you make a console that is your handheld i feel like that almost eats in there into the handheld market like it well, this, I was really this is what really pisses me off about Nintendo. What? Nintendo is being a business guy and even being like an analyst that works pretty close with looking at statements and understanding like how businesses function. Nintendo breaks all the rules. They, is that a bad thing though? I it, don't think it is. It's a terrible thing. How is it a terrible and, thing? See, the label is a perfect example. Not only are they taking any company can take a risk and diversify themselves and make some really big. Is it new really idea. diversifying though? They're going back to some of the things that they used to do. 
It's yeah. within the range, man. Making cardboard Legos for a handheld system is, is super innovative. <laughs> and it's here's the problem with it. It's Nintendo. So Nintendo's going to have one or two thing, uh, situations happen. You're going to have... It's going to be somehow a stupid success. Yep. Everyone's going to want it. Yep. Nintendo's going to be like, every store gets two. And then no <laughs> one's going to find it. And then the internet's going to be like, what are we going to do? We love this, but we can't get it. So we're going to just go use our, what, 3D printers? Yeah. And we're going to make all of our own stuff. They're just going to third party it. They're like, wait a minute. You're selling us $80 cardboard and string? Well, screw that. I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby and go ahead and make my own Labos and sell them online. Okay, here's the problem, though. Uh, yes, that's great that you have access to that, but it's the it's the game that you get with it on top of the cardboard building. So it's two parts, man. Like, you can't just have the cardboard. How often does the game really hold up as far as quality to meet the expectation that it has to buy a peripheral for it? I, I mean, don't know. The robot thing looks pretty dope. The giant robot that, backpack that yep. you have fight and punch with, man. I'm sure, but think back to, again, Nintendo's like more recent roots of the Wii. The Wii had motion built into it. Which was cool. It was, but how many good games actually came out using those motion controls? Like Red Steel was terrible. Red yeah. Steel 2, oh, we're going to make it better now. No, it still sucked. They couldn't even make Zelda good with motion controls i don't know it was all right man that is it the, added some variety the wii zelda is the worst zelda here's the thing i i got the wii because i wanted something different i wanted something fun i want some snippets and the fact that you could get anyone to game on that like my grandma would play wii bowling with me your grandma's not gonna build a piano out of cardboard and play it i know but i'm saying there's there's different steps and oddities and stuff I kind of dropped off from Nintendo a little bit. I love the Super Nintendo. Super Nintendo was my first system. I love that thing. I went back and got a Nintendo after that. I, I've i liked Nintendo for a long time. 64, I kind of jumped off on. But 64 had a lot of really good qualities that I think helped push. I mean, the four... Yep. And that's the funny part between ports. us. Is I was a Sega kid. I never mm -hmm. had anything before Sega. And to this day, I've never owned a Super or NES. Which you should. I'm telling I, I, you, you I should, need but that's what, a SNES Mini. Oh, we'll get we'll, we'll get there, especially with the Mini conversation. But see, my jump on point was actually Star Fox 64 at Target. Really? The, that was the first time I played a, a Nintendo system and actually enjoyed it to the point where I'm like, I want this really bad. I was like, you know, obviously the Rumble Pack was why they were really, you know, I remember the Rumble Pack being part of their big demonstration yep. for it or whatever. Well, that was packaged with Star yep. Fox, right? But what... A, after having a PlayStation for so long, I think what really appealed to me with Nintendo, they were like, hey, four-player co-op, or four-player versus. They really brought a new level to the playing field for what multiplayer could be, especially couch co-op. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, back then we didn't have any of the stupid online games where everything was kind of connected online and it had to be. Like, at that time, it was like, I had to have friends over, and we'd have, like, a, on my PlayStation, hey, want to play a fighting game? It'd be, we'd take turns. Play us... Past the controller was the big thing yeah. for a PlayStation. 64, wait, all four of us can play WWE together? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> that was always the problem with um, me being a PlayStation guy then. Like, it was always, I made a point to go, okay, here's a list of the multiplayer games that I can get my hands on. Quake 2 was great. Um, but, you know, I had a multi-tap, I had the controllers, and I would go hunt down the games. And yeah, Nintendo by going, hey, guess what? Four ports. Let's go nuts on this. That was great. GameCube. I didn't bother with GameCube. And that was actually, I think. I think I bought. You bought I, my GameCube. <laughs> I did. I did end up buying 
I was yeah. broke college kid. I needed money. <laughs> and the GameCube just didn't sell it on me anymore. But Always love I don't know, it. Like, I, feel I like, still have only five games for that, I think. Well, and then probably most of them <laughs> are rare games that you'll never play. No, nah, Billy Hatcher. <laughs> Made by Sonic Team. I don't know, like, when the GameCube came out, that was really the first moment where you were like, Nintendo is in trouble. Because people who bought GameCube bought them for one or two games, but there was never a real support behind that console at all because it didn't bring anything. It didn't make, it didn't modernize graphics. And that was actually around the same time where they were starting to do online servicing. That's when Xbox Live was kind of in motion. Yep. Well, the original Xbox, like I said, during that whole GameCube PlayStation 2 era, I went to Xbox. Um, but I feel like Nintendo has a thing where it's 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 almost like a hit or miss because that GameCube, right? Like I said, GameCube, I didn't buy. A lot of people like the GameCube, but they only like it for like a handful of games. Smash that Brothers really, Melee. Smash <laughs> Brothers Melee. I feel like everyone Eternal owned, Darkness. Yep. Um, what's some other Re- ones? Well, for me, Resident Evil or the yeah, Resident the, Evil One remake was yep. the reason I I had that system. I bought it for that game. Yep, but there was there was specific games that you bought because of that system. But it's got a handful of games that people love and cherish that were really solid. That that's why you buy that system. You know what I mean? And, and I see that. I almost feel that's how Nintendo's consoles have been ever since, excluding handheld. I feel like handheld's really outside this conversation for the most part because. Handheld, they've just dominated. Oh, they, yeah. They, oh, yeah. The they, PSP, they, they sunk. Yep. And Sony doesn't, doesn't try as nearly as much as Nintendo. The Nintendo just dominated, dominated, dominated. But what I'm really referring to is Nintendo's inability to make consoles that appeal outside of their loyal their loyal community of people. Oh, I had a Super Nintendo. So, of course, I'm going to want to play Donkey Kong again and Star Fox again. And I'm going to want to play Mario again. Like, they're not really bringing new people. They're just keep getting the same people to buy each console they release. Well, okay, like I said, the the GameCube really kind of lost it on me and everything, and then the Wii came out. Wii was great. I enjoyed it. Um, decent advertising, because I barely remember the GameCube ads. I remember, like, the little, like, they would show, Sam- like... Samurai Cube commercial? Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like a dude in a box or, like, a race car driver or a fighter or something. Like, it was yep. something in, like, a box because, oh, it's in the cube. That's what it was. Yeah, it they, was really, that weird, they like, really hampered on on how everything was cube-related, but by talking about it being cube-related never really demonstrated why you should buy a game. Exactly. And then, and then the Wii at least went and did that with their advertising because they had the whole Wii would like to play campaign where, you know... The two dudes from Nintendo show up. They're like, look, we got a Wii. And then they're going into people's houses and they're sitting there playing with the family. And it's like, look, we got games for all types of people. They'd showcase different varieties of games, which was cool. But then the freaking Wii U came out. Before we get to the Wii U. Now, think back to the Wii. Yes. Now, if you got rid of, was it the game Wii Bowling was on? Yes. Uh, What was it called? Wii Sports. It was packaged in. Okay. Pretend Wii Sports never existed. Would that system have done well? No. And... To me, I feel like that Wii Sports was the phenomenon, not the console. Agreed. It was a showcase, though, of the potential. And the potential is what got people interested. But it didn't get developers interested because every game that came out afterwards that used those same controls sucked. Well, like, what is it? Ubisoft's developers, I recall, hearing like an interview saying that they enjoyed doing it, which is why we got like Raymond Rabbits around that time, which yep. was, you know, it was a fun They threw him a minion. Oh, dude, I'm surprised game. that they have not 
I'm surprised that they have not sued Minions over that for some reason. There will be a Rabbids movie eventually in theaters. I I know that they just talked about how Sonic and Mario were getting like real like blockbuster type. Movies. I heard something about that. There's too. a Rabbids one coming. I'm, I'm telling you, there's a Rabbids one. Oh, coming. absolutely. There's no way Ubisoft is gonna sit on that and watch Mario make <laughs> from all the, the money. team that brought you Minions comes Rabbids. No, all, I mean, all it is is a palette swap. It's just they swapped out the Rabbids. No, they should do swapped out the when Minions the Mario for movie comes out. They should make a short using the Rabbids. You know, like how a Pixar movie has like the, the oh, five minute short. Yeah, well, if, they, if they true, and if they made Rabbit shorts for all all these like random movies, they would suddenly become like this really cool thing that for would, kids. That would totally work. Uh, that would totally it, work too because um they now share universe because of uh, Mario plus Rabbids. Yeah, which you've played, right? Yeah, which we'll get there with Switch. Okay, man, you know, and then are we I, back on Wii U then? Yeah, I mean, well, actually, still my my question on the Wii. Okay, I mean, so. I think to, you were a big advocate of the Wii. You bought the Wii early. Yes. Now, after after you were done with just that one game, Wii Sports, mm-hmm. what other games did you play for that system that you can remember loving? Remember loving? Honestly, not much. There's your problem. Because I think back to mine, I loved Fire Emblem. And guess what? I used a classic controller for it. I loved Mario Kart. I used a classic controller for it. Every game I loved on that system, I used the classic controller. So the the very existence of its motion controls did nothing for me. All I wanted was an ability to play certain Nintendo franchises like the GameCube. See Mario Kart, Mario Kart, I did that. Um, the there steering, was... come on, the steering wheel thing. Who who honestly uses the steering wheel mechanics of turning? I do. Yeah, and, I was the only not... one. And, yep, and, and then I realized that I like the nunchuck better. Exactly. And then switch. It just. It never. I'm still. I'm still a Wiimote nunchuck guy though. When it comes to Smash Brothers, and people look at me like weird. They're like, "Oh, I gotta find batteries for this thing now. Why can't you just use a GameCube controller?" I thought GameCube controller was terrible. Yeah, I. Everyone seems to love the GameCube controller. No, I, I think I hate the Wii controller more, only for the fact really? that the, the battery thing. My batteries die oh, all the, batteries the time. Are terrible. I that. mean, all the time. They Nintendo really needed to come out with a strong way a, a good recharger without having to rely on energizer or some of them because some of theirs were junk i gotta say uh was it everyone loved wavebird too and see wavebird was probably people's favorite controller for a little while there because it being wireless yeah that was a huge step for nintendo to hey we're gonna come out with wireless controllers and people to this day, and they're like, oh, we can use WaveBirds on the Wii. Yep. And I you know if I had to say anything good about the Wii, I would say that... The four yeah, ports, the GameCube the, controller ports the on there? Backwards compatibility yes. with the GameCube. Yes. Plus having the four ports for the WaveBird. Excellent idea. Oh, that was one of their smartest moves, man. And then after, you know, their huge success with that, they they throw themselves off a boat by making the worst marketing campaign in history for the Wii U. There was no marketing campaign. Exactly. Where where did you play one at? That was my question. Because, no, I went and we, we hunted down. I remember you and I, we went and we did like a mini road trip. And we're like, we're going to hit up every Best Buy. We're going to try to find a functioning Wii U because we were super curious about it. And it's like all we had was their little like promotional video thing of, yeah. oh, you can play it on your tablet and the TV's off, but you're still playing the game on your tablet. Thing. And you ended up buying one. And, you know, and this is what always happens with me. I'm not a huge advocate of Nintendo, but eventually something appeals to me to the point where I buy one. The two systems that did not appeal to me, you somehow bought. Explain that to me. Well, one, I love Fire Emblem. Anything Fire Emblem's on, I buy. I, it's just something I have to do. But the Wii U actually got me because I have kids now. 
And I'm sitting down with two kids and they're looking at my PlayStation and my Xbox 360 <laughs> games. And they're like, well, we have two options. We can play Rayman or Via Pinata. Well, you wouldn't let them play oh, Gears of War? And then, you know, like Little Big Planet. Little Big but, Planet's fun. Yeah, it is. But then I'm sitting, I have a wife and two kids at the time. And I'm like, well, no, it'd be great right now. Mario Kart. You know the best way to play Mario Kart? The Wii U. Because you have... And what's even better? When your wife loves Zelda, she can play Zelda on the tablet while I play PlayStation on the TV. And we can sit next to each other and play two separate consoles. See, now do you feel like that the uh, Wii U then was like beta tested for, hey, let's make the Switch? That's exactly what it was. It, it was... It was a good idea, but had poor execution because of the radius that you could be away from the Wii U. Like at the time when I was between houses, I I lived with my mother-in-law. Dude, (laughs) I plugged my Wii U into the wall. Yeah. Not the TV ever. It was never even in the room that had a TV. And I played it around the house. Nice. And that's what that was for. It was the, it was very much what the switch is. Yeah. It was an ability to not be stuck to a TV. It was console gaming mobility. Yep. And it was great because I beat games like Donkey Kong and Bayonetta, games I I probably would have never gotten around to playing, but the Wii U gave me a a way to play games without having that TV in the wall. I think it's weird that we're at that point now where mobile gaming has no longer... Like, people want mobile games. People enjoy their little crappy, like, time killers and everything. But um, friend of the show, Kyle, right? Has a switch. Yeah, the guy that hates Nintendo. The guy, or, no, he doesn't. He he loves old Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and NES Nintendo. But I begged, I got him to get a GameCube. I think it was because of Resident Evil, and then a couple of games again. He's one of those ones that is super hesitant to really ever dive into a Nintendo system. Also, Twin Snakes great on a GameCube. Just want to point I don't that know out. If he's ever played that, we'll I own that one. He's a but, huge Metal Gear. You know, guy. for him not to be a real Nintendo fan of the last twenty years, and then to be like, hey, I got a Switch, and then. I love Skyrim. Well, here's what my question was for him because a lot, because he went from, you know, gaming to he bought and decked out like a PC for yeah, Skyrim. PC mods. He became yep. a PC dude. And don't worry, people, we are eventually going to have a PC guest on here. We're yep. working out some. We're definitely getting some feedback that we need. We need more of an expert on PC. Yeah, no, we're, we're, we're working on that. That is in the pipeline. But he went and was a. PC guy then still doing consoles, but PC for all the mods and all the different aspects of what you can do with a PC, high, high resolution graphics. And then he's like, yeah, but Skyrim and doom on switch. And I'm like, and I'm like, dude, that, that runs at like 720 on the handheld. And he's like, yeah, but it's a small screen. So it works out. And I'm like, how is it? You went from, I have to have the most powerful thing in the galaxy to, and I actually had him explain that to me because we, we were talking what, about What it. explanation did he give you? What happens when you add mods to a game is you break the experience. Yes. And what he was talking about is how he actually going back and playing it on his Switch, not only the mobility, mobility for Skyrim has got to be huge because of the time yep. suck that it has, but also it made him forget how great the game was by itself. So I, I think he learned to reappreciate the game for what it was. It went back to like a sense of purity. In, in, in some ways, mods I can, mods are like cheats in a lot of ways. They What they do is they, they elevate you above what the developer wants you to do. And I, I think that's that's a real burden of of PC because it's always going to be there. You know, it's always available it's to you. It's fun though, man. It's and, a and whole I, I've lot played, of fun. I've played a lot of portal levels, like mod portal levels, and they are great. But it's just... 
I, I think that's something that can easily be overlooked that it's actually damaging what the developers want you to play. But to get back to that Nintendo, <laughs> kind of went on a rant there. Well, to be fair, Nintendo has a big echo of influence. It does. But now that we're on this whole mobility thing, I mean, they, after all these years of, you know, just being a bad, I, personally, I think Nintendo's been a bad company for years. They, they have not been good. Well, financially? Financially, the Wii U destroyed them. I mean, it, it didn't destroy them. They're loaded, and they're doing fine, but it hurt them a lot. And what it did is, all it did is emphasize the problems that already exist in that company. They're unwilling to move forward with any technology. They, they, they stay away from internet connectivity. You have virtual consoles on there are a joke. Oh, we have five to ten games we can offer you. Meanwhile, I can go online and just grab a port of... 200 different Nintendo games, you know, they just, they don't make it really compelling to want to buy their Super Nintendo or their Super Mario Brothers for $10 when I can just steal it online. They, they're constantly fighting with themselves because everything they do is half-assed. They're, they're never working hard enough to really stay with the times. I, I understand. We don't want voice. I think it's in tradition though, man. I think it really comes down to the fact that They've done things for a long time. They protect their brand. They're 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 a family company, man. Like they make games for families, for kids. They have that foothold. They don't have to do anything, but they consistently put out good quality products. Like anytime there's a Mario game out, generally speaking, it's great game because they take their time. They're not I mean, they had that stint with uh was it Mario Run or whatever? Yep. And I mean that that didn't feel like Infin- anything great. And I mean, where did that go? It's still, compared to other infinite runners, it's still above average. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when you really compare it to its peers, it's still it's a good quality game for what it is. But what I'm talking about is really like the fact that I can't really buy digital games nearly to the way I can buy them on a PlayStation 4. And the back cataloging, I, I know it's not great, but... I just feel like people are constantly trying to steal from Nintendo because Nintendo makes it so hard to get the things that people want to buy. And Oh, you're talking about like with the like distribution thing of the, the NES Classic and all that stuff? Well, think of emulators as a whole. How many people have used emulators for Nintendo and Super Nintendo? I mean, they've just been constant. Yeah. So I thought it was fantastic. I was like, oh, they're going to have an NES emulator as a actual mini console. That's, that's a novel idea. And it's a good way to get people to, to actually pay you for your assets instead of just steal them. Oh, but then we're going to do the Nintendo thing where it's going to be a super success. And instead of really using the right logistics, we're just going to undersupply it, making everyone mad about it, and then paying people online $250 for it. I don't think they're deliberately under-manufacturing, though, man. They have said in countless interviews how they're really cautious about supply and demand. They intentionally don't want to push product too hard because they want people talking about it well what happens if they push the wii u too hard <laughs> then what happens they didn't have to push it at all it came out and no one bought it uh, but i'm saying like there was no there was none of that with that there was, but there none was that no with demand the GameCube. but see how it should work for any company is they should expect demand meet demand and then go beyond demand knowing but if that you don't know what your demand is yet like how are they supposed to know that the uh nintendo wii was going to be as bit of as big of an yeah as big of a success as it was i don't know if you remember the wii very well but when the wii even after a year it was still harder than hell to find a console yeah it doesn't 
in the world where Amazon and Walmart exist, those, both of those companies You're talking have, about distributors, not manufacturing. But they have manufacturers. You think the Vizio TV? Do you, there's a reason there's a lot of Vizio okay, TVs. Okay, here's the thing, though. <laughs> if, if that's you putting your... Okay, my problem with that is this. If you're going and making something and you're like, we have to make it this way, right? Because this is the quality that people know and expect from us for years. And then you go, hey, I'm going to hire this other guy to make the same thing, but you don't know if they're going to do it as well as you. There's a risk in your quality. There's a risk in your brand. Yep. And I, I completely understand and that's protecting the thing. that. When, okay. If you were to buy a Nintendo system for your daughter, right? Like a 3DS yeah. or something, you know that that's going to be of some level of quality, right? And I do, but I guess what I'm getting and to. And they're protecting that because once again, it's a family trusted thing. It's you go, hey, I can buy this for my kid. A piece is not going to fall off and get lodged in her throat because, you know, it was made by, you know, some company that decided to use cheaper plastic because they were. You know, but in manufacturing, out. there are ways to expand on your manufacturing. You cannot tell me with all the money that Nintendo has, they cannot afford another manufacturing building. I don't. I don't know exactly how they do it. Whether they do have like licensed manufacturers that make their product, but however it's done, it is not. It's not hard to believe that they cannot get another building to make their product and make it successful with the same quality. It's it's not laziness. It's simply their lack of understanding of how supply and demand work. They intentionally make it hard. And if they're not doing it intentionally, they're just doing a poor job at it. And it reflects because even the Switch this year, I, I was slightly impressed because about a month after Christmas, I started seeing Switches. That's huge because Nintendo usually, you, you never find their product. And but then I'm also seeing, hey, we have a new 2DS and a new 3DS coming out. I should have been able to find a Switch everywhere at Christmas if you just quit making those stupid 3DSs. I don't want a new 3DS game or a 2DS game. I want a new Switch game to release. How about all the games that you're developing for those systems? Drop them on the Switch. I, I don't what I don't I don't understand with all this stuff with them is if they do have all these manufacturers making handheld, yeah. stop making them. And start making more Switch products. It makes perfect sense. They're, they're underutilizing the things that are selling the best. I I can see like with the mini NES and Super NES, yeah. they, they've made constant quotes about how they're not really making a whole lot of money on them. It's essentially just a fan service. Yeah. I, I understand. Which that. is nice. They it, care about their people that I, get their products. I get that. But if you're going to commit to making something, at least make it where people are not mad at you for not making enough of them. That that, that just comes down to more of a business perspective, man. And, and I that's mean, what games, I'm saying. Games are an art thing, though. You it's, can't... It's never art, Bruce. It's art, okay? <laughs> you, look, if you want something, you got to wait for the craft and the time and the uh, beauty of it to be created. And then guess what? Then some guy goes, you know what? I bet you we can sell this and make a bunch of money. If you want, okay, you know what? If that, you want, but that's your, the problem I have with them. They make beautiful games. Yeah. But what they don't do is they don't take it from here's our beautiful game to my house. That whole system between finishing their game and making a quality game, which they make, they just don't make, they don't have a quality supply chain getting it from their business to my house. Every part of it is goofed up somehow Look, by, by bad marketing or they have lack, If you lack want of stuff mass pumped out, then just go with a company that doesn't make systems, that just makes games. Just go with EA. Oh, yeah. 
Yep. And EA is a business. If you want a business, yep. Get and your stuff it, from it, business. It, it, it Tell funny. EA to start making kids games. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they, they they've tried and they <laughs> have they. What have they made? Unravel. Oh, really? That kind of looked okay. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, what? that's exactly <laughs> the point. They're too busy making Madden. They're too busy making Madden. But, you know, and EA is a good counterpoint to what Nintendo is. You know, EA is really about business, which brought up the whole loot box thing. And I'll never see Nintendo doing loot boxes. The day they put loot boxes in the game will be a very sad day. Because Viva Pinata loot box? <laughs> <laughs> that's Xbox. It's kid friendly, though. Yeah, right. Well, Xbox needs some kids but, games, too. You know, EA, they do. They sacrifice everything for their dollar. But EA is also not a manufacturer of any hardware. Yeah. PlayStation is. So PlayStation, they come out with um, Horizon Zero Dawn. They sell 7.6 million copies of it. They still manage to sell 75 plus million copies of PlayStation 4s. You know, they, they still maintain their hardware and their software. And you can easily get a VR console yeah. still too you've always been able to and even though demand was it wasn't super high on it but sony has a manufacturing supply chain that allows everything they come out with to have accessibility even have, the vita i mean <laughs> look at why doesn't nintendo why can't i order directly from nintendo online it makes no sense why can't if i want a system and they're sold out why can't i just put my name on a list and then when one is available they send it to me it makes no sense that that doesn't exist. Nintendo seriously has a lack of effort on their manufacturing front. It is, unless they are truly doing it intentionally to hold it all back because they want it to I be. Think it's all just a ruse. It's not a ruse. It's a. It's a. I guess it's a business strategy. Oh wait, I, Nintendo's I, a business now. They try to be. They're just they're sitting on pots of gold from all their past. If <laughs> if, they, if GameCube was the first system to ever come out for Nintendo, they would not be a successful company. Agreed. They they are sitting on the fortunes of past legacies. Not not. So wouldn't that make sense to tap into your past legacy of you know being a card and toy maker and I don't know add toys and cards to your uh, digital platform system? I mean they did that with the uh, you remember the e-readers that they had? Yeah. Where are those at today? Huh? Dead in collections, but well, <laughs> Nintendo constantly comes out with peripherals that fail. Oh, you wanna you wanna holster for your gun for Resident Evil Four? Buy this twenty dollars piece of plastic to use for one game. Oh, the Link's Crossbow Challenge yeah. thing. Well, well, that too. Okay, well, okay. Here's the thing though. Labo almost does seem like those uh, plastic add-ons for uh, when they had the Wii and everything. It's just it's all cycling back. It's fine. It's fine, but. There if you're going to like it, you're going to like it. If you're going to hate it, you got to stop looking at it from a business perspective and just look at it as possibilities that they're giving to their I want players. Nintendo to commit. Possibility. That's the problem. Not possibility. I don't want, hey, we're going to try this. I want commitment. They're either going to do it or they're not going to do it. You know, oh, Labo. Labo, to creative types like yourself or others, may have a huge, huge market. But no parent in their right mind is going to buy a $300 Switch and then be like, oh, I can buy this one box for $80 more that's full of cardboard that I got to help my kid put together. I mean, who is their market for that kind of thing? You know, it just, it makes no sense for, for what they're charging. If it was a, a oh, my my kid wants a $20 game. I feel like I feel like it's a learning toy, okay? It, it, it possibly is. It is a learning toy and there is nothing wrong with them going and getting into that 
market, so to speak. If they commit to it, I don't mind it either. But if they're going into another market, then isn't that good for business? Because they're expanding market. You keep talking about how they're a terrible business, and yet I see them intentionally checking like the other lane every now and then to be like, hey, should we try to go over here and see if there's you know more highway to run on? Diversifying into other products could be good. But the problem is if I do it and then it sells well and they don't supply any more any more product, then it it's a waste it's a wasted opportunity. Well, when when do you put down a product and when do you run with the new? You know what I mean? Like cuz for a while there the uh going back to the Wii, the Wii had that backwards compatibility. When they started doing the newer Wii's and the smaller things, they started removing all of the uh GameCube hookups yeah, when they, they made it. it not backwards compatible then when they did that but that I was mean, like that was after the the product had already matured like well, they weren't selling anymore well then at that why point. are you pissed at the 3ds if they're still making that because the switch has not matured yet the switch has been out for how long i'm i'm like not a year the 3ds is a fantastic even? system my problem with it is is i don't want to hear excuses about not enough product of their successful new stuff and then they're pumping out stuff that's been out for years Stop pushing your 3DS and start pushing your Switch. Anyone that has a 3DS, man, even offer some kind of incentive for them to trade it in towards a Switch. Get get off that handheld and come to our new handheld. Nintendo makes most of their money off their software anyways. Nintendo lives off legacy though, man. They can have a legacy without having so many stupid handheld systems out there. They need to evolve and move on to the newest I, thing. I, I got no fight in the handheld yeah. fight, which is which is why I think yep. part of the reason why I don't own a Switch yet is because it, it still feels like... it doesn't do anything for you. No, it still feels like a handheld. And the thing is, like, I don't... I like to... When I like to game, I like to sit down couch. And, I mean, you have that ability with the Switch. And the Wii U. Just to point it out. Yeah, but I don't want to double-check screens for stuff. The only thing that that was really good for was I love me some Mario Maker. Mario Maker was one of their best moves and that game is is i that is the iconic problem with Nintendo. If Mario Maker was allowed to be on YouTube and Mario if it was easier for me to share my creations with my friends and you're talking internet, about the digital thing cuz you had to do uh codes for levels. You have to have like your code requests and there was all sorts of barriers for you to really share things that you created on that game. If I, if I could have just uploaded that stuff to YouTube Everyone would want to do it because there's that opportunity of doing something new or, you know, getting hits on it, YouTube. It is kind of weird that they have that shared experience of, hey, I've made something. Let's play this together. And then stop you from creating a community for it. Yeah, because, I mean, well, your community always was, you know, whoever you had on the couch. Because, like I said, those four ports. Four, yeah, four ports, man. Unfortunately, that that's not where the video games are today. Video games today are now like our last episode with PUBG and Fortnite. Those those can bring forty million people together because of how they allow people to to jump on to that. That was game. like two episodes ago. Well, it was two episodes ago. Yeah, it was episode four. Yeah, but you know, Nintendo needs to f- eventually understand that maybe Splatoon should be something people can watch online. Hey, why well, do you? Think, re- I think they're trying to start to push that with the eSport thing, but, and that game is online playable. Yep. There's still there's still okay. Right now, Nintendo's stage for uh, online play, I think, is finally to the point where the actually almost it's where the Dreamcast was at. I think you okay, know, like so, yeah, it's 20, almost they're, they're twenty years behind. But you know what though, they go and they take their time. But when they take their time, they put out something that is solid. 
They're conservative. Which I mean, is, which is, have you heard any issues with servers for Splatoon? Yes. Have you really? Yeah. When when it came out, it wasn't that good. Okay, when it came out, but yep. Splatoon Two is out now, right? Yep. Splatoon and it's 2, on the Switch. It, it did fine, and it's yep. fine. Like I said, but that was their first really major competitive Actually, multiplayer. You know I lied. Remember, Nintendo tried to off their. They made a an app that you had to download to play with with Splatoon, so you could talk to each other online. Well, that's why I said Dreamcast because <laughs> Dreamcast really didn't have audio so, support that so well. Nintendo's still trying to figure out how to do the thing that. Uh, Xbox 360 did fine. Just put a headset on and talk. You know, they're they're trying to figure out different ways around that and instead of going with the system and going with what's working, they're trying to make they're trying to pave their own way, but all they're doing is running into more and more issues when it, it's such a simple solution that they don't want to be part of. But when you pave your own way, you've made your own solid ground. You're not relying on what someone put in front of you that is cracked, crumbled and possibly falling apart. I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, honestly, I, I still think Nintendo's a, a good company. But I just Do you? Because it doesn't sound like it. Uh, yep. I, and I know. Nintendo, they make good quality games. They make quality consoles for, for what they are. But what they don't do is where I, where I still have issues with them is really their post-product stuff. I have problems with how they handle their supply and demand. I, I have problems believing that they're going to commit to their consoles. Post support then is your problem. Post the whole every everything after the after the developer finishes the game and the game goes gold. Yeah. After that is where all of Nintendo needs improvement. But I I like the fact that when they go and they put something out, they go, hey, it's it's here. I mean, for the most part, there's been a few instances, but when they put out a game, they go, this is the game. Yep. Where other people are like. Um, here's a 32 gig day one update patch. Nintendo goes and, you know, they take the yep. time. There is the quality yep. assurance. And that I'll you get never from argue with the quality of an actual Nintendo game because that's not my problem with them. It's, it's definitely their hardware business and how they handle their marketing. I just don't feel like they do a good job in North America. It may be different in Japan and Europe. I, I don't really know. But as far as I know, how they handle Amiibos, how they handle the Wii, how well, they handled the Switch. Amiibos. A great concept, though, because it's DLC, right? Yep. They, you, it, sold, they, they the sold statues, downloadable content. Yeah, the little statues you get for uh, your Nintendo. We should probably at least explain this real quick, because like I said, I don't think anyone owns a Wii U. But <laughs> but here's the thing. There was a little uh, chip reader. It worked almost like the Skylanders or the Lego yep. Dimensions, the Toys to Life thing. But it would uh, actually add content or be extra DLC. So it was this cool figurine of whatever your favorite characters are. But you could go and put it on this little pad on there. And it works with a Switch, too. Switch yep. has a reader built yep. in. And so does the 3DS, but you have to buy the adapter or buy the newest version of the 3DS. Okay. But they still have the ability where you go and you put the toy on there. It goes and links up and adds extra content to your game. It's really cool because it's a physical form of DLC. So guess what? Years after... Uh, everything crashes with servers and stuff like that. Here's the brilliance of Nintendo is you go, Oh man, you know what? I'd really like to play Zelda, pick up a Zelda and you're, you know, on your system and you're like, Oh man, this is really fun. You're like, you know, I could really use a hard mode or a motorcycle or extra tracks. And guess what? You can go out and you can get those toys, those physical toys and still use them. It's physical DLC. It's pretty good move. Unfortunately, the people aren't buying it for that reason. They're buying a lot of people who collect Amiibos. 
buy it because there there's been such a lack of toy merchandise from Nintendo. This the last couple years they've started this Nintendo brand of toys where yeah. you can get like a Mario Kart racetrack and you can get like yeah. actual action figures. People are buying amiibos because for the last 20 years they've been <laughs> I want a Donkey Kong statue. And they couldn't get one, or yeah. they, they wanted this, or they wanted that. They can't find them anywhere. Is that also a bad business move? Then? <laughs> yes, they're it not is. Putting out. Because I'll agree, because the most they had was maybe T-shirts. Yep, and they wouldn't license <laughs> if they had just licensed it out and had. Uh, has once broke. again, I think it's that quality control thing. I'm sure it is, but the fact that people wanted it that badly and they couldn't get their hands on it, they're like, "Oh, fifteen dollars toys that will give you a, a different colored shirt if you scan it." And they just blow up and go crazy. It, it goes crazy because there's so many people that are starving for any merchandise from Nintendo. They shouldn't be starving. They should have that that accessibility. I don't think you should flood a market, though. I think you should be like, hey, it's something that's there that's cherished and enjoyed. I mean, if you over... If it didn't you, seem to hurt Star Wars at all. Really? I feel like it did. You do now, but when in the seventies, those toys blew up everywhere. Oh and they, yeah, and they they got eaten up. The episode one, two, and three. One, the, two, and three had too many toys for it. I mean, Jar Jar everything. Friend of the show, Ned <laughs> has I think like one of every single Star Wars toy from episode one, like the Comlink talk touch thing. You know, I I don't know, like I. I think you risk damaging your brand by putting stuff out there because it uh, is almost in a sense, you are giving people the ability to uh, make it perverse. You know what I mean? You have the ability to go and take something that you have control over. That is a quality and purity thing. And by just letting it out into the world more so with by saying, hey, we're going to let lighten our grip on this intellectual property. You then open it up for a whole bunch of things that is damaging to the brand as a whole. If anything, that's good business trying to maintain your brand. It's possibly true. I, I guess at the end of the day for me, it's like Nintendo, they clearly don't care that much about expanding and growing. They just want your soul. They want you to constantly... <laughs> it's true, dude. <laughs> they, they totally... They care more about making you want them than to actually give you something. They, they just want you to constantly want more of it. It's like a drug. Nintendo is drugging your kids by making them want more Nintendo oh, all the time. It's good, though. It's a good drug. It brings sunshine, okay? And come on, man. I don't know. I just... If Nintendo just made the stuff that they actually release available all the time everywhere, I I would I would think differently about them, and I think they are getting there. I I think they've in the past two years have shown drastic improvements both on their amiibos, their Super Mini S Nini. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I really messed that up. Garble that one a little yeah. more. <laughs> so the SNES Mini, SNES Mini, yeah. there you go. So the SNES Mini, you know, they're starting. I'm starting to find those in stores now, and. Even the Switch is now available. I, I think they're finally starting to build on those aspects, but it still bothers me to see that they're pushing an old handheld system, that it's already saturated the market, and you have a, maybe one or two games coming for it. So they really... I just want them to focus on the future, and if the future is Labo, that's great, but I want to see more than a 70 and an $80 box on the shelf. I want to see things that people can afford to buy and for people to want to play, and I, I'll say it right now, 
I am curious because it releases on 420, which is hilarious. <laughs> I gotta, yeah. I I mean, really, like someone's like, <laughs> dude. Do you know why that's gonna sell so well? Oh yeah, because everyone's, everyone's gonna get high. And everyone's go gonna get super play. high and they're gonna be like, dude, we should build some cardboard boxes. Did you know that it's a game? What? Exactly, and. I'm going to say it now that Labo will blow up the world when it releases and then fail because of its lack of supply. I, I That is exactly how I feel. But it's cardboard. If anything, maybe they've made the process easier where they're like, you know, instead of trying to get wires and circuits together, we can print cardboard pretty easily. So maybe they'll actually reach your demands. That's, and I, guess what? If enough people are buying it, maybe they can then lower the cost. So then you'll get your lower price point. You'll get your... Uh, market availability mint. Maybe they are trying to cater to you, Dave. I, by the end of the year, I, I expect to see that on clearance shelves. Really? I could be wrong, but if I had to guess, Nintendo will botch the Labo by its its price point and a lack of availability. Well, I don't have the system, and honestly, Labo is just kind of a thing. I'm just glad that they're trying new things. It might not be for me. I acknowledge that in my older age, you know? <laughs> yep. Like I'm like, look, Nintendo is not going to make stuff directly hit at me. They're going to pull out my little nostalgia feelers every now and then. And you know what? I'll go for that. Like the fact that the uh, Star Fox 2 was on. On the SNES Mini. Yeah, it was. I'm like, that's a good move. So, I mean, so you think that people are going to uh, not be down for this? I don't know. Like I... I have obviously plenty of friends that are Nintendo fans. Apparently, everyone's a Nintendo fan. People out there. Yep. And I Let don't know. I, I don't hear people talking about the Labo. I, I heard him. I heard him talk about it a little bit at first. But what I, what I want is I, I want to see how this does. This is this is truly an experiment of the modern age of how Nintendo's products are going to work. They're trying to bring a toy into the next generation. I don't personally think it'll work, but it might. So we we'll only have to see. But. I hope you Nintendo people out there are definitely hearing what we're talking about because I know we've we've actually gotten some feedback about not really loving Nintendo or talking about Nintendo. I like some Nintendo. If you wonder, we don't talk too much about the newer Nintendo stuff because we don't currently own those systems. And this is some of the reasons why we don't own it. We're not seeing those kind of games. We're not seeing those kind of peripherals. We're not, we don't really see the things that are really driving us in yet. And Bruce is not into portability. I personally... I would love to have a switch just to play portable games, but make a game I want to play first. And I have Zelda on Wii U, so I really have no point. You can't throw Zelda at me. And I'm not big on Mario because Mario Odyssey, to me, it played real similar to Mario 64. So if Nintendo is something that you're really into, throw me a reason to buy one. Give me things that I can try that may convince me otherwise. And if you guys have Labos after 420, I would love to see some videos or at least some kind of comments about why you love Labo because currently I don't. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess that's kind of it for this week. Um, I think I'm Nintendo'd out. (laughs) I I would say so. (laughs) Have a good one, man. Thank you for listening to the Couch Trolls Podcast. If you like this episode, you can find more on Facebook by searching Couch Trolls or on Twitter at Couch underscore Trolls. I'm your announcer, Canada Sanchez, with Brian doing the sound. Thanks for listening. <laughs>